0: Good evening, and welcome to My View from the Rim. It's Sunday, Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, but not for much longer. Thank you so much for listening. I actually attempted several times last night to do this podcast, and I just never could get through it. And I'm not sure the reason I was tired. That's probably a big part of it. But I don't know. It just didn't feel right to do it. I think seven different attempts. Here we are today. And hopefully this is going to work through. We've gone through Easter Sunday. And as the Jews reckon time, which is how we end up with the three days. And I'll talk about that in a second. It's actually Monday. Um, The Jews of the era of when Christ was on the earth measured their days from sunset to sunset. And so obviously now, while you don't know what time I'm actually cutting this out, it's 1130 Central Daylight Time. it would be considered um, Monday and how they reckoned time then. And that's where we come back to the, the three days. I had a discussion with someone last week and they said, well, Christ said that the only sign that he would give would be the sign of Jonah. Which, of course, is the three days in the whale in Jonah's case, three days in the tomb for Christ, however again it's not specific as to the 72 hours and if you think about Christ dying so he died Friday afternoon and was put in the tomb prior to sunset that had to be done and done with a sense of urgency such that they were not able to prep the body um, to wash it and and provide the proper uh, stuff they essentially wrapped uh, the savior in a sheet after his death and placed him in a tomb a tomb which was sealed by rome and guarded by soldiers and that had to be done before sunset friday One day. Of course, the Sabbath um, from Friday night sunset to Saturday night sunset is two days. And then sometime around sunrise, well, we don't know exactly when. On the third day, the Spirit of Christ, His Spirit, was reunited with His body, glorified and perfected, and the tomb was vacated. So the third day. It is because of Easter that we acknowledge Christmas. This is one of the very first talks of General Conference this year on Saturday in the Saturday morning session. I believe it was uh, Elder Gary Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And he spoke on making Easter Easter And a scriptural study and a religious aspect of the holiday giving it a bigger role in our lives. And he's not wrong. He's absolutely right. Christmas, which we celebrate in December, we would not celebrate Christmas were it not for Easter. Easter. For that matter, were it not for Easter, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Book of Mormon and the Other Testament of Jesus Christ, would either be non-existent, Or would be considered historical relics to be looked at in a museum, rather than acknowledged as the word of God. They all testify of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. as a Savior, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. To quote Isaiah, because of Easter, I mean, we always associate Messiah Handel's masterpiece with Christmas. And of course, it's, you know, it's about Jesus Christ. So it's understandable why we would celebrate that masterpiece and have that masterpiece go at Christmas. But in reality, it's all about Easter. It truly is. It's about Christ suffering in the garden and being crucified by the Romans. It's about him dying on the cross villain willingly. The cross did not kill him. The Romans did not kill him. And when it came time, because it was, a, not only was it the Sabbath approaching, but it was a high Sabbath, meaning it was, you know, because of Passover. The Jewish hierarchy, which was so intent on crucifying the Savior, one of those crucified to be taken down because crucifixion is is not an instantaneous death it can drag out for hours but they didn't have hours because the Sabbath was approaching And so they broke the legs of the two that were crucified with Christ. By breaking their legs, they were unable to lift up to be able to breathe, and they essentially suffocated. With Christ, they realized he was already dead, and no need to break his legs, which, by the way, is fulfillment of prophecy. Instead, piercing his side with a spear just to ensure that he was indeed gone. The earth shook. It was as if the God of nature, which it was, Jehovah, had died, and nature was rending itself because of that fact. The veil in the temple... That separated the inner sanctum or the inner rooms from public view was ripped in two top to bottom, exposing the inside to the world. In the past, I've mentioned uh, about the disciples and what they were doing on Saturday, and truthfully, they were in hiding. They weren't waiting for the resurrection because they didn't know that it was going to happen. And this is a point I've always found interesting. Because while the disciples did not fully understand that Christ was going to be resurrected on the third day, there's no question that the, the Jewish leaders understood it. When Christ had mentioned that tear down the temple and in three days would build it back up. Or that the only sign given would be the sign of Jonah. They understood what that meant. And while they didn't actually believe it would happen... I think they gave the disciples too much credit as to their understanding, scriptural understanding. Because that was their rationale to Pilate. Was that the deceiver, Jesus Christ, had said that he would come back to life after three days. And they wanted the guard to make sure that Christ's disciples didn't come and steal the body and claim that he had resurrected. Probably sometime after sunset on Saturday... The women prepared all their things so that at first light on Monday they could go to the tomb and properly prepare their master for burial. And then that glorious Sunday morning so long ago the women went to the tomb and it was empty. Why seek ye the living among the dead? I believe was the phrase. They ran back to tell the apostles And Peter and John ran to the tomb. They got there, they went inside, and it was empty. And they left. Mary, meaning the other Mary, was there at the tomb alone. And she perceived somebody close by. Thinking it was perhaps the gardener. Asked him where they had lain the body. And that she would take care of it. Because they knew it was a borrowed tomb. Uh, Joseph of Arimathea. Had loaned the tomb. To the Savior. He was a, a uh, member of Jewish hierarchy. Um, because the decision to, uh, of blasphemy was, uh, in the illegal court was in unanimous, we can presume that Joseph was not there, nor likely was Nicodemus. And so Mary, thinking that perhaps they had evicted the Savior from the tomb, asked this person that she perceived to be the gardener what they had done with him. For she did not recognize that the gardener was not the gardener, but the Savior. And then he said one word. Mary. Mary. And her eyes were opened, and she recognized her Savior standing in front of her. And I just want to close with this thought How many of us recognize the Savior in our lives? How many of us recognize the Savior's actions in our lives, that we are willing to give all that he asks to him? He will call you by name. He knows each of us as individuals and the suffers and trials that we have and will face, the pain that we have felt. He knows each of us. I bear witness to you that he lives and that he has taken his place at the right on the right hand of the father and it is through him and only him that we are saved This is my view from the rim. Have a wonderful night. And may the Spirit of Christ, which illuminates us, especially over this Easter weekend, may it grow and burn within us so that we may be beacons of light to others.